the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. A lot going on today. We'll cover the AG appointment of a special counsel and a judge delivering a mixed ruling on the Trump protective order and some of the day's headlines. We'll also take a look at the lighter side of the news, if time permits. And uh, this week's Christian Outlook will feature Dr. Everett Piper. He's a professor at Oklahoma Wesleyan University. He'll talk about prevailing trends in education. Eric Metaxas will talk with John MacArthur, pastor of Grace Community Church, about his documentary, The Essential Church. And Jeff Schatt, founder of The Revive Family, will share from his book, The One Rule Home, and how strained parent-child relationships, rather than just external influences, can drive kids towards social media and video games that's coming up in the second hour of today's program but first attorney general merrick garland today appointed u.s attorney david weiss as special counsel in the hunter biden probe as well as uh, any other matters that arose and may arise uh, from that investigation i'm here today he said in his announcement to appoint David Weiss as special counsel consistent with the Department of Justice regulations governing such matters. In keeping with those regulations, I have today notified the designated members of each House of Congress of the appointment, Garland said in a press conference from Washington. Weiss is the federal prosecutor who has investigated the business dealings of the Hunter Biden uh, family and uh, brought charges against him in Delaware. His appointment as special counsel indicates that contrary to Hunter's defense lawyers' claims, the Justice Department's investigation into President Biden's son is not over. However, that appointment is very controversial. Garland is, in fact, the one who fashioned the uh, sweetheart deal that Hunter Biden was given and has drugged this investigation out over a period of five years. So it's an um, understatement to say that there are a lot of people that aren't happy with this appointment and believe it's part of the cover-up. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer on Friday accused the, the Justice Department of trying to cover up the Biden family wrongdoings after the Attorney General announced that he would appoint U.S. Attorney David Weiss as special counsel. This move, and I'm quoting, by Attorney General Garland is part of the Justice Department's efforts to attempt a Biden family cover-up in light of the House Oversight Committee's mounting evidence of President Joe Biden's role in his family schemes selling the brand for millions of dollars to foreign nationals. Comer said in a statement, he went on to say the Justice Department's misconduct and politicization in the Biden criminal investigation already allowed the statute of limitations to run with respect to egregious felonies committed by Hunter Biden. Garland's announcement allows Weiss to continue his investigation into the president's son, free from the conventional Department of Justice oversight. The attorney general said Weiss requested special counsel authority on Tuesday. Garland said he chose to grant the request after consideration and that Weiss will continue to oversee the ongoing investigation. The appointment reinforces for the American people the department's commitment to both independence and accountability in particularly sensitive matters, Garland said. However, that may not be the interpretation that many bring away from 
the special counsel appointed by the attorney general. Weiss insisted last month that he had ultimate authority over the Hunter Biden probe, despite IRS whistleblower allegations that the IRS, the Department of Justice and the FBI interfered with that investigation. The two whistleblowers told the House Ways and Means Committee they pushed for felony charges against Hunter Biden in the tax probe and that Weiss wanted to bring charges against the younger Biden in the District of Columbia and South Carolina last year, but was denied by the Department of Justice. Weiss also asked to be appointed special counsel in the case on several occasions, including in the spring of last year, but those requests were also rebuffed by the Department of Justice. Well, Comer, he went on to say the department officials refused to follow evidence that could have led to Joe Biden tipped off a Biden transition team and Hunter Biden's lawyers about planned interviews and searches and attempted to sneakily place Hunter Biden on the path to a sweetheart plea deal that would have exonerated him from any charges that would be um, uncovered during this uh, House Oversight Committee um, that's uh, investigation that's going on. The appointment of special counsel comes weeks after that sweetheart plea deal fell through. Uh, just before Garland made his statement on Friday, prosecutors said in a court filing that the revised deal had fallen through and that they expect the case to go to trial. Meanwhile, Comer accused the department of trying to stonewall congressional oversight as we presented evidence to the American people about the Biden family's corruption. We will continue to follow this as it develops over the next uh, weeks and days. And it is uh, going to go to court just a matter of when. In other news, the judge presiding over Donald Trump's 2020 election trial has denied the Department of Justice's request to issue a protective order preventing the former president from publicly sharing details about his case. And while Judge Tanya Chutkin dismissed the Department of Justice's request, she did award prosecutors a small win in prohibiting the former president from sharing material deemed sensitive. The defendant has the right to free speech, but that right is not absolute, the judge said. Uh, During a hearing this morning, without a protective order, a party could release that information to the jury pool. Well, Thomas Wyndham, a prosecutor with the Department of Justice, disagreed with the ruling, saying the defendant, Trump, has set forth an intention to set forth any information that they deem informative, he told the judge during the hearing. The defense has broadest has broadcast rather their strategy, and that is not to try this case in this courtroom. And your honor should address that. Well, Chutkin was sympathetic and said it was uh, a close call. However, she demurred from fully enforcing an expansive protective order. The defendant's desire to respond to political opponents has to yield, the judge clarified. There are limits. This is a criminal case. The need for this case to proceed in a normal order means there are going to be limits on the defendant's speech, end quote. Well, despite pushback from the ex-president's attorney, John Lauro, about the limited protective order's impact on the president's, uh, the former president's ongoing aspiration for the Republican nomination, Chutkin was unmoved. I cannot and will not factor into my decisions the effect it will have on the campaign for either side, the judge maintained. Well, last Friday, special counsel Jackson Smith asked Judge Chutkin to curtail Trump's ability to share information about his case in the District of Columbia, centering on the former president's alleged attempt to overturn the 2020 presidential election. If the defendant were to begin issuing public posts using details or, for example, grand jury transcripts obtained in discovery here, it could have a harmful chilling effect on witnesses or adversely affect uh, the fair administration of justice in this case. 
Smith wrote in a court filing at the time. The request came after the former president posted on his social media platform, Truth Social, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. Well, last Tuesday, Trump was indicted on four counts, conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding, and conspiracy against rights. Well, despite having lost, the defendant was determined to remain in power. So for more than two months following Election Day on November 3rd, 2020, the defendant spread lies that there had been outcome detrimental fraud in the election and that he had actually won. These claims were false and the defendant knew that they were false. One section of the 45 page indictment reads, it will be difficult to prove that, but the, the uh, trial is d- determined uh, to make the effort. The attack on his uh, on our nation's capital on June, January 6th, he went on to say, was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy, although the president is not on trial for those events. In any event, the president got uh, what was somewhat lopsided, but a favorable decision on that um, that order. The Biden administration is requesting Congress spend six times more on supporting Ukraine in its war against Russia than on the border and fentanyl crisis plaguing the nation. That's according to a new emergency spending request that was submitted yesterday. In the request sent to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, President Biden specifically called for $24 billion in aid to Ukraine, split between $13 billion for defense-related spending and $11 billion in economic and humanitarian assistance. But the president only requested $4 billion in spending on the border and immigration, as well as combating fentanyl flowing into the United States from foreign origins. The total combined amount of the request reached roughly $40 billion. Hawaii is grappling with the worst disaster in the state's history as the death toll has risen to 55 from the fires. Tragedy that hits one of us is felt by all of us. The county of Maui Mayor Richard Bison Jr. said... These past few days, the resolve of our families, businesses and visitors have been tested like never before in our lifetime. During the disaster, access to the 911 system was spotty. Cell service and phone lines were down in many areas. Flyovers of Lahaina by the U.S. Civil Air Patrol and Maui Fire Department show that more than 271 structures have been impacted since the fire broke out on Tuesday evening. Widespread damage to the West Maui town, the harbor and surrounding area is being documented. Close to 100 Maui firefighters have been on duty around the clock, including 11 from state airport firefighting and rescue personnel. The Maui Fire Department has requested 20 additional firefighters from Honolulu and an incident management team with a reduction of winds. Containment of the fires has increased by firefighters, but they warned there were several hot spots that remain. It's unclear what sparked the fire, but leaders said the conditions had been arid and that winds from passing Hurricane Dora hundreds of miles to the south and a strong ridge of high pressure to the north enhanced the multiple wildfires and caused them to spread quickly. President Biden has ordered all available federal assets on the island to help with the response. Among the help Thursday was the U.S. Air, uh, U.S. Army, rather, which uh, sent two Black Hawk helicopters, one Chinook helicopter, to assist with fighting operations. The U.S. Coast Guard also sent 37 MH-60R Seahawk helicopters to aid with search and rescue. The death toll is expected to climb considerably over the next few days. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show, winding through some of the day's headlines.
We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Well, Oregon Republican leaders who orchestrated a six week walkout from legislative sessions to stall Democrat led bills will not be allowed to run for reelection when their term ends in 2024. Oregon Secretary of State LaVon Griffin Vallad said on Tuesday, Griffin Vallad, a Democrat, vowed to uphold a 2022 law passed by Oregon voters known as Measure 113. It says lawmakers with more than 10 unexcused absences from the legislative session will not be eligible for re-election. The campaign of Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is renewing its demand for him to receive Secret Service protection following the FBI's killing of a Utah man who allegedly threatened President Biden, as well as the Wednesday assassination of a presidential candidate in Ecuador. The killing of Mr. Fernando uh, proves how volatile the political climate has become, campaign manager Dennis uh, Kucinich uh, said in a statement, Mr. Kennedy has met all criteria for protection. The only conceivable reason he is being denied is because of a conscious decision by the White House to deny him security, whatever the consequences. A former senior writer at a major golf outlet claimed he resigned from the publication after his editors demanded he cut the pro-life and Christian elements from an interview he did with professional golfer Amy Olson, who is competing while pregnant. Steve Eubanks, a sports writer and employee of Global Golf Post, alleged that his fellow staff went ballistic over the content of the interview and said that his um, executive editor mandated that the outlet would only run it if he cut out the sections that covered Olson's Christianity and pro-life views. Eubanks claimed that then and there he announced his resignation from the outlet. Well, since he took office in January of 2021, critics have observed how little media access the White House has given to President Biden, who's granted fewer interviews and held fewer solo press conferences than any of his recent predecessors. Whenever Biden agrees to do a rare interview, that is in itself newsworthy. He raised eyebrows this week, however, when it was announced the president would be sitting down with the Weather Channel. The interview, which was conducted on Tuesday by Weather Channel meteorologist Stephanie Abrams and aired on Wednesday, focused entirely on Biden's climate change and environmental justice policies. The questions asked touched on climate issues disproportionately affecting minorities and how it hurt military preparedness and changed migration patterns. White House Communications Director Ben LeBolt defended the Weather Channel hit, saying that Biden was meeting viewers where they are, including those who don't tune into political news on a regular basis. The Weather Channel's exclusive, which is dubbed the Climate Interview, is the latest in a string of softball sit-down Biden uh, has granted that have avoided the growing controversies involving his son Hunter and corruption allegations facing he and his family. President uh, Biden is continuing to gloat about the economy. The president is uh, adamant Bidenomics is working despite annualized inflation ticking up to 3.2 percent, the first increase in a year. The economy remains strong, Biden wrote in a statement Thursday morning after the Labor Department released its July Consumer Price Index report. Republicans reacted to the report by highlighting the, the cumulative impact of, in, of inflation, even as numbers have trended down. Since Biden took office, prices are up by 16.9 percent and real wages are down by 3 percent. Republican National Committee spokesman Jake Schneider said that's bad news for Americans who already have little faith in Biden's ability to handle the economy with competence. Mayor Eric Adams warned President 
Joe Biden on Thursday that continued federal inaction in New York City's migrant crisis will eventually decimate the city, which he claimed is the economic engine of the United States. Adams urged federal officials to send money and rescue to the country's most populous city in order to help with uh, funding for housing and food for asylum seekers. Nearly 100,000 immigrants have arrived in New York City since the spring of 2022, and Adams predicted the price of the migrant crisis on the city could reach $12 billion by 2025 if the flow of immigrants remains the same. The U.S. and Iran have reached an agreement for the release of five American prisoners. Iran placed five Iranian Americans on house arrest Thursday amid reports of a planned prisoner swap between Washington and Tehran. The two countries have reached an agreement to exchange the incarcerated Americans for several imprisoned Iranians and for the U.S. to unfreeze Iran's access to about $6 billion in oil revenue. Four of the Americans were transferred from Iran's notorious Evin prison on Thursday to a hotel in Tehran, where they will stay for several weeks until they're allowed to leave via airplane. Ecuador's uh, president said he ordered soldiers into the streets to boost security after gunmen killed a presidential hopeful in the country hit hard by drug-fueled violence. Lasso on Thursday declared a 60-day nationwide state of emergency that will also curtail civil liberties like freedoms of movement and right uh, the right to assembly uh, it takes forces as several uh, takes force rather as several other candidates suspend their campaigns following Wednesday's killing the first time a presidential hopeful has been assassinated in the country's history Oregon governor Kotek has created a task force to clean up crumbling Portland her solution to clean up the city wrought with consequences of woke policies is to create a task force guided by woke policies Oregon Governor uh, Kotek announced the, uh, in a press release on Wednesday that her executive office will partner with Oregon Business Council to create the Portland Central City Task Force. She admitted that Portland has uh, earned a notorious reputation, though she attributed the current state of the city to growing pains and COVID. Kotek added that social justice uh, values would guide the PCCTF by collaborating with diverse voices for equitable solutions. The Walt Disney Corporation saw its uh, streaming losses narrow in the uh, second quarter amid an exodus of 12.5 million subscribers from its Disney Plus Hotstar streaming platform in India. Disney notched a game of 800,000 subscribers in other parts of the world. In the U.S. and Canada, Disney Plus, they lost 300,000 subscribers, while the streaming-only side of Hulu gained about the same number. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We're going to continue to take a look at a few headlines before we make the switch to the lighter side of the news, and I'm joined by James Blend. Well, upwards of 70 percent of more than 400 import items that China depends on from luxury goods to raw materials for its industries comes from the United States and our allies. Well, these essential goods represent a value of some 47 billion dollars annually. For example, China imports nearly all of the silver powder it uses in building solar panels. Also, 86 percent of the nickel used for its battery manufacturing industry is imported from Australia, Canada and the United Kingdom. The U.S. provides almost two-thirds of the sorghum grain that China uses to make its traditional alcohol. Well, the point is, with Beijing increasingly engaging in a global economic pressure game to get more nations to bend to its agenda, the U.S. and our allies are in a prime position to offer correcting measures and squeezing back. 
The challenge is convincing all America's allies to work together as one to counter China. We'll see how that goes. Well, the J6 committee failed to preserve records and has no idea, uh, no data rather, on Capitol Hill security failures the GOP is charging. A Portland jury found Antifa militants were not liable in the Andy No attack. The defense attorney declares, I am Antifa. Hmm. President Biden admits the Inflation Reduction Act had little, really less to do with inflation reduction than he originally said. Senator Manchin is seriously considering becoming independent, saying the Washington Democrat Party brand is bad. U.S. suicides hit an all-time high last year, and the Maui fire death toll very likely will significantly exceed the 60-plus people and 1,700-plus buildings that have been destroyed, according to the governor. The number of scientific papers retracted annually rose from just 40 in the year 2000 to almost 5,500 in 2022, representing a whopping 13,660. Uh, 650 percent change over the past 22 years, with researchers estimating an astonishing 100,000 would have to be withdrawn every year with more thorough vetting. And finally, in a bit of satire, Democrats say it'll take a lot more than eyewitness testimony, bank records, audio, video, complete confessions for uh, for them to believe Biden did anything wrong. On the converse, there's some who I would have to see um, a lot more for them to except that Trump has done anything wrong. 1949, on this day in history, President Harry S. Truman nominates General Omar Bradley to become the first chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. 1965, rioting and looting break out in the predominantly black Watts section of Los Angeles, claiming 34 lives. 1984, at the Los Angeles Olympics, American runner Mary Decker falls after colliding with South African-born British competitor Zola Budd in the 3,000-meter final. Budd would finish seventh. 1992, the Mall of America, the nation's largest shopping entertainment center, opens in Bloomington, Minnesota. 2014, Academy Award winning actor and comedian Robin Williams commits suicide at age 30, age 63 in um, California. 2012, Republican presidential contender Mitt Romney announces his choice, Representative Paul Ryan of Wisconsin, to be his running mate. 2012, Usain Bolt caps his perfect London Olympics by leading Jamaica to victory in a world record 36.84 seconds in the 4 by 100 meters. And finally, on this day in history, 2017, a federal judge ordered Charlottesville, Virginia, to allow a weekend rally of white nationalists and other extremists to take place at its originally planned location downtown. Deadly violence would erupt at the rally when a man plows his car into a group of counter protesters. Mm. Well, that's enough of the um, the hard news. We're going to take a look at the lighter side of the news. And to help me do that, I've invited James Blend once again to join us. Hey, Jimmy. How are you? I'm doing all right. Ready for the warm up? Yeah, I guess the uh, temperatures are going to be pretty, pretty hot this weekend. Yeah, they are. I mean, it looks like uh, what uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday kind of thing. It looks like we're going to be dancing around that hundred mark, but I'm just super happy that by next weekend, when Fish Fest rolls around, it's going to be back to normal te- summer temperatures. Yes, that I, could be unbearable. I, I have done that event in the heat, and it's not pleasant for anybody. So it's I'm excited to see that it's not going to be that hot. So if you thinking about getting tickets, it's okay. Just going to say, yep, yep, yep. And where do they get them? Uh, then go to, actually, I think they can even get them from our website at kpdq.com, but the fishportland.com also has them. All right. It's going to be the event. 
of the season. It is. Fish Fest 2023. Now, how, how many Fish Fests were lost to COVID? Two. We two lost two. Yeah. 2020 and 2021. Yeah. So it's it's good to have it back. Yeah. This is the second year of it being back, and we're really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, we've got, uh, I, you know, I know one of the uh, the Rice family favorites is uh, joining us this year with Stephen Curtis Chapman. So, uh, you know, it's, it should be a good day. It'll be a great day. All right. Let's take a look at the lighter side of the news. The Illinois State Fair, it's that season again. They unveiled one of the annual event's most beloved and unusual perennial attractions, an 800-pound cow sculpted from butter. The 102nd Butter Cow was officially unveiled by the governor, Governor Pritzker, and Agriculture Director uh, Costello at the Illinois State Fairgrounds. This year's unveiling ceremony featured Pritzker using a um, squeegee to wipe the condensation off the cow's glass case. Well, it had to be thrilling. Uh-huh. The current iteration of the butter cow depicts the bovine being milked by Illinois dairy farmer Laura Lee Schultz from Mill Armour Dairy in Orangeville. A second sculpture in the same case shows Schultz's granddaughter Lucy taking care of a calf. Oh, the 2023 butter cow was sculpted by artist Sarah Pratt. I'd like to use that for a bagel. Yeah. The whole thing. I mean, I want that much butter on my bagel. <laughs> on your bagel. Yeah, yes, absolutely. It is a privilege to honor Illinois farm families by sculpting the famous butter cow every year, Pratt said. This year it has really come full circle for me personally. My own daughter, Grace, sculpted the additional sculpture of Lucy and her calf. Family is at the heart of Illinois farms, and to be able to honor that while working alongside my 19-year-old daughter, passing down this tradition to her is precious. And by the way, the Illinois State Fair opens Thursday, runs through the 20th. Now, the butter cow can be observed in real time for the duration of the fair via the state butter cow webcam. So so right now we have the fair going on in Clark County. And, of course, we're just a couple of weeks away from the Oregon State Fair. Do you have any, over the years, any fair traditions like certain foods or anything like that that you, that you had throughout your... You know, it's been so long since I've been to a fair of any kind. I don't really remember. I think I, I liked... Um, um, there's like not scones, but they have the I guess they are scones that they used to have at the fair. I always liked them. I was the, the the thing I was like most areas around Oregon and Washington and whatnot have uh, county uh, what they call the the dairy women, and they have a all of them have stands at the fairs where they make milkshakes, and they are the best milkshakes. I've never had a milkshake at the fair. I haven't really eaten a lot at the fair. That elephant ears. Claws are not made from real elephant ears. You're sure of that? Yeah, they're a little too chewy if they are. You can tell the difference. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. Absolutely. Well, a snake fell out of the sky and landed on a woman moving, uh, rather mowing her yard. The bizarre incident didn't stop there. Peggy Jones was then attacked by a hawk. Jones was uh, (laughs) on her tractor mowing at her home um, on Tuesday afternoon. She describes how suddenly a snake fell on her. Wrapping around her arm, the snake was squeezed, uh, squeezing so hard uh, and she was waving her arm in the air. And then a hawk was swooping down, clawing at her arm over and over, apparently trying to get the snake. I just kept saying, help me, Jesus, help me, help me, Jesus, because there was no help for her beside Jesus. The hawk eventually ripped the snake off of her arm and flew away with it. Jones thinks the hawk came down on her at least four times trying to get the snake. She says blood was everywhere. Her husband heard the commotion and came running. 
I was yelling and screaming. He didn't know what I was saying. I thought uh, he was uh, she thought she was being bitten by the snake. Her husband took her to the emergency room where she was treated for cuts from the hawk and bruising from the snake, squeezing her arm, but no snake bite. Uh, There was um, no serious injury. I discovered the lens on my glasses was broken and there was uh, snake venom on my glasses. So apparently it was spewing out snake venom. Her glasses protected her. She says people have told her she has to um, be the unluckiest person alive to have a hawk and a snake attack her at the same time. She says it's the opposite. I feel like the luckiest person alive because she survived it and the snake venom uh, didn't um, enter her bloodstream. Uh, This wasn't even the first encounter with a snake. She survived being bitten by a venomous snake a few years back. Wow. I'm wondering, I guess my, my question is, is it possible the hawk had the snake and dropped it? That's probably what happened. I'm thinking that's what happened, and he was trying to reclaim his property. Right. And the property was trying to uh, attach itself to the arm to keep the, itself safe. Yeah. yeah. In case you're wondering, in true Texas tough style, Joan, uh, Jones, rather, the woman, has already been back on her tractor. She and her husband walk bes- uh, walking beside her on the first ride back just to keep an eye on her overhead. But she thinks she's uh, fine for the next time. So there you have it. Wow. We'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're taking a look at the lighter side of the news. James Blend has joined me in that. And coming up in our next hour, The Christian Outlook featuring Dr. Everett Piper, professor at uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Prevailing trends in education will be the subject. We'll hear from John MacArthur, pastor of Grace Community Church, about his documentary, The Essential Church. And from Jeff Shatt, founder of Revive Family. He'll share from his book, The One Rule Home, on how strained parent-child relationships are uh, forcing kids, or at least luring them, away from family and into social media and video games. That's coming up in the second hour of today's program and much, much more. And by the way, if you haven't yet uh, signed up to join us for the Pastor Appreciation Breakfast, that's coming up in October. Let me encourage you to go to kpdq.com, register, join us. It's free for pastors and ministry leaders. We would love to see you there. Well, just before the break, James, we were talking about the woman who was assaulted by a snake and then a hawk. Well, um, I've always had this. I think it's because of this program. There have been enough incidents that we've cited where snakes have turned up in unlikely places that I've been a little nervous about a snake showing up in the commode. Oh, yeah, because we definitely heard that story. Well, like a scene out of a horror movie, Michelle Lesprin, she returned to her Tucson, Arizona home to find a snake had set up camp. You know where. Oh. She said she'd been gone for four days, was looking forward to using her own restroom in peace. I lifted up the lid and he or she was curled up. Thank the Lord the lid was closed the whole time she was away. The hysterical encounter happened on the 15th of July, but she says she's been getting messages from family, friends, and even people who went to her high school with uh, uh, Rattlesnake Solutions Uh, The 22nd video, she took one apparently, uh, shows the snake biting, uh, rather the snake being pulled out of the toilet bowl and then hissing straight at the camera. It's rather intimidating. Everybody has the same reaction. Uh, This is their worst nightmare. Other people thought it was a prank video and the snake was a prop. Even my law partner was like, ha ha, nice gag, but it wasn't. Lesbrin, who's an attorney, says her father tried to wrangle the snake uh, that same night, but it slithered away. So 
Uh, she called Rattlesnake Solutions the next morning. It took the handler, who Lesprin says is a hero, three tries to get the uh, uh, black and peak uh, coach whip snake firmly in his grasp. He was able to wrestle the snake with one hand, capture it uh, all on his cell phone with the other. Can you imagine? No. The handler later released the snake, which measured between three feet and four feet uh, long in uh, a natural habitat elsewhere. And I'm guessing she looked quite flushed. Yes, to say the least. To say the absolute least. But then there's this. Okay. A Florida couple made an unwelcome discovery inside, well, their commode. Uh, in their guest bathroom, it was an iguana. I'm not sure which would be worse. Crystal Collins of Hollywood said she and her husband initially thought the iguana uh, they found um, was dead. The sounds that came out of my husband were so funny, she said. We searched the um, the cameras in our home to find out if uh, we could get a sound bite of it. It was very manly. Well, she says that she lived in South Florida for 26 years. She and her husband, they grew up in North Miami. Um, They both looked at each other like, what's going on? She said that she and her husband ended up calling a friend for help. Neither of us do lizards. The friend used a garbage bag to lift the lizard out of the toilet and quickly discovered it was uh, very much alive. Colin said the iguana was released outside. In a similar incident, um, they made reference to the reptile in the uh, home in Tucson, Arizona, warning everyone to look before you leap, as it were, if you will. I mean, I think the iguana is probably scarier looking, but, you know, it can't necessarily kill you, unlike uh, the venom of a snake. Yeah, either one could kill me because but, I, yeah, the I heart rush attack, to escape. The heart attack, yes, yeah. I, I mean, have... I, I get the heart attack angle, but <laughs> I think for me, I think, you know, yeah, I wouldn't want either of them. I'm going to be honest, but, uh, you know. I definitely prefer something that can't come after me and kill me. Yeah, like water. Five extinct species have been included on in the ballot to find New Zealand's most popular feathered friend as competition organizers hope to draw attention to in- endangered birds. So five extinct species are on the ballot. New Zealand's annual avian beauty contest has proven highly contentious over the years. The I think it's a kakapo a chubby parrot resembling a green feathered bowling ball, which can't fly, couldn't run in last year's Bird of the Year competition. The twice former winner was dropped from the 2022 vote by organizers to help um, less popular species have a shot at the title, as if they cared. Uh, feathers were also ruffled when a native bat was allowed to enter, then flew off with the 2021 title. Well, this year, competition organizers, Forest and Bird, will celebrate their centenary by crowning New Zealand's most popular feathered friend in the last 100 years, even if the potential winner no longer exists. So it's sort of an existential bird. We're searching for the bird that has captured New Zealand's hearts over the last century. Forest and Bird Chief Executive said the environmental group has put 75 species on the ticket for this year's Bird of the Century contest, of which the... uh, uh, quintet are thought to be extinct in New Zealand. They include um, a songster bird and some others. There have been some confirmed sightings of a couple, but they do believe them to be extinct. So it'll be uh, rather interesting to see what they come up with, trying to choose the uh, most beloved bird of the last 100 years, some of which are no longer with us. You know the best thing about an extinct bird? They can't show up in your commode. <laughs> okay. 
just saying you know go you know thank you they're, they're not you're, you're not gonna ever have to worry about a uh, bowling ball shaped bird showing up in your well i certainly feel a lot better of course you could just roll it away if it did but you know that's true well problem pets are hounding the president again after his dog commander was involved in several biting incidents including at white at the white house the second time a biden family pooch has been accused of nipping staff Commander is a German shepherd, one of the scariest dogs on the planet, who first arrived at the bustling White House as a puppy back in 2021. We'll have to undergo a fresh round of training in the wake of at least 10 incidents, including one that sent a victim to the hospital. In one incident, First Lady Jill Biden couldn't regain control of the young dog as he charged a Secret Service staff member. Um Jill Biden's communications director described the hectic White House to CNN as... Um, Unique and often stressful environment for family pets. Uh, The first family is working through ways to make the situation better for everyone. Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre said mentioning plans for more training and establishing designated areas for commander to run and exercise. The Biden's other German shepherd, Major, also had some trouble adapting to White House life. Back in 21, he was briefly sent back to the Biden family home in Delaware after at least one biting incident and also underwent additional training. He was later sent to live with family friends. So it's not altogether clear if uh, Commander will be returning to the White House after several biting incidents. So I, I, needless to say, I will not be taking the White House tour. No, that's for the best. Yeah, that's for the best. For everybody's best. All right, we have to take a break. We've got uh, what news and traffic coming up here at the top of the hour, and coming back in the second hour, the Christian Outlook. Stay with us. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at four for more critical thinking for critical times on ninety three point nine KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.